Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Ugh. We're doing an early morning podcast today. Oh, man, and these batteries are about to fall off. Well, we'll see. We'll see how long this uh, this little machine can keep going. I'm currently, it's about 5.45 in the a.m. up here on a brisk brisk northern Michigan morning. We went from 70s and 80s. Just the other night we were actually out sailing and I was in a t-shirt and now it's uh, in the 50s. Welcome to Michigan. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. I've always hated that, that little joke, but it is pretty true um, because today it's going to be 70 degrees and then uh, starting tomorrow morning, it's cranking back up to about 84. Uh, so summer's never over up here until it actually starts to snow, but it's also blowing like crazy out here. It's finally, finally after a summer of, of really, really good wind. Uh, I say that as someone who's sort of currently working in the whole sailing school and, uh, water sports activities area. It's one of those things where great wind is, uh, in those cases, or in that case, is a nice medium wind. At least it's there. You can teach. People aren't getting too overwhelmed. Uh, But every once in a while, it sure is nice to get the stank blown off everything. Blow 20, 25 knots and uh, get out there on a windsurfer. Sliced my toe right open uh, on the skeg of this one. Kind of looks... I don't think it's infected, not yet, but it's throbbing. <laughs> so what can you do there? But ripping Hobie cats, oh, man, uh, so powered up, double trapezed, acting like a kid again. And uh, I'm feeling it today. Muscles are sore. Uh, the arms are sore. The legs are sore. The knee hurts a little bit from the from the windsurfing. But I tell you, I must say I'm a little bit, um, I don't know, not proud of myself, that's not the right word, but uh, I was a little astonished yesterday. I have not been on a windsurfer in like a proper windsurf under good conditions where you're planing. I have not done that in many, many, many years, uh, probably since 2018 or 19, so it's been a while, uh, but hey, the the old uh, the old adage about you just uh, the bicycle thing where you ride it <laughs> and you never forget. I don't know. I still got it. I was able to jive and do all that sort of stuff uh, without too much trouble. So at the ripe old age of forty four, still out there windsurfing for fifteen to twenty minutes before I'm completely exhausted and have to go back in. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's better than uh, what I thought was going to happen. So you never know. You know, there's that scary thing about getting older where, yeah, you know, you, you, you do something, you know, as a young, as a young person and you're, you're able to just, just go out and blast around like, like AKA let's be on a, a laser on a heavy wind day. And, uh, and then, Hey, um, 10 years goes by. You look at that laser and you see it. You see it in this industry all the time. You get the uh, the person who's been out 
hasn't hasn't done it in 20 years but remembers how good they were and uh they hop on one and get the world handed directly to them it's embarrassing it's a bruising of the ego actually i would say a, a savage beating of the ego sometimes wow hearing the creaking of this old building it's so cool I'm sitting in our boathouse, uh, by the way, right now. And, oh, I suppose we ought to start the show uh, like we start the show. But before we start the show, if you want to support the Sailing into Oblivion podcast, a.k.a. me and my future endeavors and adventures, consider following the link to Patreon um, and become part of our 50-something member-strong group. I know there's a few that drop off and a few new people that we pick up every week or two and that's totally understandable uh we will be finishing up this this summer job here uh very shortly and no longer will my time be completely uh paper thin and i will get back to the two shows a week with holy cow lots of really cool guests and then we'll go from there so if you want to support that if you want to keep this show going consider becoming a patreon part of the Patreon family, and uh, and we'll get you out there. Other than that, the merch line, obviously still cranking away. Uh, got all these cool shirts and stuff. Link in the description for that. And if you want to contact the show, you can head over to sailingintooblivion.com. It gives you all the information about uh, not only the speaking stuff and some of the old adventures and all that stuff, but uh, gives you a link to the book, gives you a link to everything. Got a really... Got to really juice that uh, that website up a little bit, but it's not too bad. Um, but you can just also contact the show. Email me, and I will get to those emails, get to those thoughts, and then go from there. Oh, man, battery's starting to drop. Oh, geez. All right, we got to pause this one for now. And we're back with fresh batteries. Oh, three bars. Thank goodness. And I'll tell you, it is absolutely just blowing. Uh, I can – I mean, we're on a small lake. <clears throat> excuse me and yeah i can hear the wind blowing through the rigging of these pearson ensigns that we have out on the moorings uh i actually part of me came down a little bit because i had the fear uh you know that fear of sailboats breaking free or things like that happening i used to get it at the bitter end a lot when we'd have a huge squall that would roll through in the night wake me right up get me out of bed and i'd have to head down and get eyes on everything and, you know, normally everything is okay. There have been a couple instances, though, where things are not okay. And then I start to believe in my psychic abilities or at least some sort of interconnectedness with every single boat that I touch and work on and become essentially part of. I don't know. It's a strange, strange sort of thing. But uh, everything is a-okay down here, which is great. Uh, I hate to see any boats get... Uh, you know, end up having some stupid thing, <clears throat> some clip or some mooring buoy, something fail, and then you lose a boat, and never a good thing. We put in a huge amount of work trying to make sure that this uh, this little yacht club, this little sailing school, we, we upped the game, so to speak, and uh, part of that is just the, the, the constant uh, attention to detail when it comes to you know, things like not losing masts, uh, always watching, looking at the chain plates, looking at the pins, looking at the ring dings, all that sort of stuff, and never uh, becoming and, and staying diligent on it. Because it's always easy to 
come in. Ooh, big gust, big gust. I don't know if this is going to affect the sound quality, but I'm just staring at this beautiful scene here. The boathouse is open. The dock is straight. Uh, everything's bouncing around out there because we've got pretty decent-sized waves um, for Walloon. <laughs> Excuse me. It's, uh, you know, uh, six-inchers. They're, they're pretty gnarly. I'm sure up in the West Arm, it is absolutely chaotic brew of two- to three-foot waves, which I wouldn't doubt that a few uh, docks are getting swamped out there today. Mm. But what we really wanted to talk about and what uh, got me going today and for the past few days. So I've been doing, getting down to, I've got one more of these presentations to do up here before I hit the road and start doing them. Uh, not necessarily what I would say for real, but I have to, I'm, I'm getting paid to do them now. And so I got to make sure, you know, that's what a lot of this summer has been about is sitting in here and working this presentation out so that it, it, not only is a fun, entertaining story, but it's also meaningful and there's some good takeaways and all that sort of stuff. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is projection. And I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but I'm going to define it right now uh, in for this podcast as basically taking yourself and imagining yourself, projecting yourself, if you will, to another place, another time so that you have a different perspective on or an example of a different perspective on a current situation and what you're dealing with. Case in point, let's do an example because that was a terrible explanation. Ah, the coffee hasn't quite kicked in yet. Mm. So let's just say you are battling through a really bad squall. So it's nighttime, it's ugly, it's cold, it's wet, it's raining, the winds are howling, you've had to just put a reef in your sail, the boat's bouncing around like crazy, and you're not making it, you're no longer going in the direction you want to go. Pretty miserable, right? Happens all the time out at sea, especially in the doldrums. Not a really fun experience, but you can sit there and stew about it and grind your teeth and just be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, and I just want to stop, I just want to give up and do all that. Well... The other, the other thing, and the thing that, that helps me uh, quite often, is to project myself to a different time and space. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, I'm a, on a ski slope, or I'm, I'm canoeing, backpacking in my favorite place in the UP, uh, and not in this miserable situation. No, I'm not talking about completely like uh, trying to do an imaginary thing. I'm, I'm thinking of something much more useful, and that would be to project yourself to the place where that squall has now passed, the winds have calmed, and you're able to put more sail up and think back on that squall and how miserable it was, but now you're sailing true and true in the direction you want to go, much more controlled situation. You're, you're dry, maybe you're made a snack, um, and you're looking back. And when you do that, I think some of the things that come to mind are that, one, oh, you're proud of yourself that you were able to make it through that without too much fuss, and yes, it was pretty miserable and it was a little scary, but hey, uh, you made it through that, and just one more notch on the old belt, so to speak, which is a good thing, um, and it does kind of put you into a headspace of like, oh, well, that does sound kind of nice. Hmm, I'd like to get to that spot. Maybe I won't give up completely here, and I will actually 
give it a bit more of a try. And hey, you know what? Maybe even I'll shake that reef out a little earlier. I will, uh, you know, not be so complacent with it. And uh, so that when I do get to that spot that I've imagined that I've projected myself to, uh, I'm even feeling a little bit better. That's not a bad, I'm okay, let's do it. And you can kind of trick yourself. You kind of almost uh, invent more reasons to strive forth rather than turn, tuck tail and turn and, and, uh, and give up. Because, I mean, you know, precisely that's one of the things that is an issue in not only sailing endeavors, but any endeavor in life. Any challenge that you take on, it's always going to be difficult. And there's going to be like peaks and valleys when it comes to how good you feel about what you're doing, whether or not you want to continue doing what you're doing and it's trying to fight through and minimize those peaks and not let that one little area that that one like that one really bad day where you're just like I've had it this is it this is so stupid what am I even doing da 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 that's that one day that one peak and this could be a multi-year sort of challenge or endeavor that you're trying to do you can't let that one little peak get past Get, get on top of you and then basically derail your entire uh, adventure. And it's it's trying to isolate that and sort of knowing. And I, I really have found that, yeah, projecting yourself forward really does help. Um, and I suppose, if we think about it, projecting yourself back again, too, and trying to re revisit some of the reasons why you find yourself in the position you find yourself. And this one definitely helped me uh, a lot on the trip around the world. Uh, when I first left, you know, being in the Atlantic and heading out, just, just beelining it for uh, the middle of the Atlantic before I could start sailing south, you know, it was pretty overwhelming. And there's just so much ahead of you. You know, you're, you're looking at 26,000 more miles, and you've got to sort of deal with that uh, from a mental perspective. And I remember it becoming very difficult uh, to sort of escape those thoughts. And no matter what I was doing, whatever distractions came up, as soon as those were over, then all of a sudden I'm sort of stuck with this idea of, like, man, I got hundreds of days. Hundreds. Oh, I got the Southern Ocean. Oh, there's Cape Horn. There's all these really scary things and these worries that are out there. And so what I, I started to do was, well, one, I started limiting uh, the amount of future sort of planning and uh, and basically limiting myself to, okay, we're only going to think about crossing the Atlantic and getting down to the equator. We're no longer we're no longer going to consider this voyage in its entirety because that's terrifying and overwhelming. So I'm going to throttle back on that. Um, but when you look back, I would I would start to look back at what it was like to be up in Maine working on the boat and how good that felt to sort of be preparing for this trip. And I'd project all the way back to that first day where I saw Mighty Sparrow and I stood next to it and I thought, holy cow, this could be it. Um, and you start to have to remember those key points, those just little, those little gimmies that you have back there that you, you so easily can just forget about and be like, oh, you know, I, 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, why did I do this? Why, why? No, you do know because there were reasons, rock solid reasons, not so long ago that drove you to take on the challenge and to take on the endeavor. And, you know, drawing on those will help absolutely uh, a ton. But I do remember being out there and one of the furthest ones that I projected was when I was in the Southern Ocean, uh, the South Pacific uh, part of it, especially, you know, there's that that crucial moment, a couple of days where you know you have to start heading south. I think it's uh, once you get past like uh, 110 degrees uh, east longitude, I believe, or no, west longitude, 110 west, I believe. That's about the time when you're, and I was riding about 47, 48 degrees south latitude, so I'm deep, deep in the roaring 40s, but that's about the time where you have to start making your way further south, and it's kind of a tricky, tricky little position to find yourself in as the islands of the Marquesas, Tahiti, even Easter Island, all that sort of stuff uh, is north of you, and a quick turn north, and within a week or two, you could be sitting on a beach with a lovely sort of rum or, or I guess it, South Pacific, it'd be Kavu, Kava, Kava, I think, whatever. Anyway, you'd have a nice little beverage in your hand and you're on a beach um, and it, at least at that moment enjoying life. Now, if you were to project yourself to another point uh, a little further down the line, then the regrets might be falling in because you gave up on your your challenge or your goal. But in any event have to head south you've got this beautiful option of the south pacific islands the allure they're waiting for you they're just there uh they're on the cusp and yet your path is your intended path is taking you down into the belly of the beast down into the depths of the furious 50s uh the cold the ice the snow the gales the storms the dead sailors that lie beneath the ocean down there that truly is the graveyard of the ocean cape horn and so i'm kind of considering this whole situation that i found myself in and one of the the tricky ones the sticky wicket if you will that was getting into my head at that point was well i've really made it really far you know i'm, not, I'm still nowhere near my goal of getting around the planet but i've made it pretty far 20,000 miles to get here been in the southern ocean for three and a half months man i've done a whole lot and even if i go north and go through the panama canal i still will have gone around the planet your brain almost starts to play little tricks on you and uh, try and convince you it's almost like the whole like uh when you have a really bad habit like you smoke cigarettes or something like that and you know you you've quit and you haven't had one for a few weeks i remember because i used to smoke and then your brain would start being like, well, you know, you need a reward because you haven't smoked in like two weeks. So you you should, you know what? You should probably have a smoke, you know, just because, hey, that'll be great. Good job. It's a little, you know, a little attaboy. <laughs> your brain just making, making absolutely any and all excuses for you not to have to take the hard road and for you to take the easy way out. And recognizing and knowing those tricks are being played on you, by you, is sometimes a very, very impossible thing to do. Um, but when I was there in that situation, I, I projected myself uh, all the way back 
to the finish line and what that finish line would look like. And, and not only did I project myself in the positive light of, oh, I did it, I made the turn, I went to Cape Horn, I went around the world, did what I intended. Uh, I projected myself also in the other light of, I ended up going north and I went through the canal and I did make it around the world, but I didn't do what I wanted to. And one of the big things that I saw when I did that, and it does take a little, takes a little practice to do this really well. I mean, most of us drop our imaginations when we're uh, teenagers from being a kid. But if you summon your inner eight-year-old, your imagination starts to sort of come alive again. And you can really picture yourself. I remember looking at myself on that dock and being sort of congratulated and all that sort of stuff. And then there's this, this moment where I kind of look away from the group of people that have welcomed me home, even though my trip wasn't a success and uh, had to take the easy way out. And I glance back, and I glance back at the open ocean that you can just see past the great break wall there in Gloucester. And I know, I know the regret is already there. I know I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm questioning, what, what would it have been like to sail around Cape Horn? Because I didn't do it. I didn't fulfill the challenge that I was going to undertake. And, and in those moments, I sort of knew. I was like, oh, uh, so I don't want to feel like that. I was very realistic with myself. Um, I didn't want that to happen. And so that didn't really leave me with many options. But that, that power of that projection was really, really, uh, it was striking to sort of be, be very honest try and really imagine, oh, what's it really going to be like? I mean, yeah, oh, it's going to be great to be back on land, and, and that's going to feel absolutely amazing. But if you know that you didn't do what you set out to do, that's not going to feel good at all in, in any semblance of any imagination. And when you realize that, it really has a striking effect on, on the choices that you're about to make and the choices you eventually do make. So... I don't know. It's uh, it's a really interesting sort of uh, sort of thing, and I don't know. I think I think I've always sort of used that a little bit in my life, uh, in in different facets and stuff. I can remember some of the other ones. One one of the biggest challenges of being down at the Bitter End Yacht Club. Uh, shout out Bitter End. I love that place. Hopefully, be able to see it this winter. Was uh, this week called Pro Am? where we get a bunch of pros, America's Cup guys, uh, you know, Russell Coots and um, Kenny Reed and Keith Musto, all these, all these guys would come down, and, and girls as well, um, professional sailors, and they would skipper the, the J-24s that we would sail, or the IC-24s, let's be correct here, uh, with our guests. So guests would come down and they'd be the crew and they'd have all these races and uh, get this full experience to be able to sail with the absolute rock stars of the racing uh, world. And it was great. It was a really, really fun event, but it was a huge mountain of work. Um, you know, I had a great team of people always down there that were there to help, but what the way that I approached that sort of sailing week was... I'm going to be uh, sort of the the go-to. I'm I'm going to be 100% involved in this from the start to the finish. And it's literally, it's one of those weeks where you're working like close to 100 hours. Uh, no joke. I know people say, oh, I work 80 hours this week. Yeah, 80 hours is a lot. 
to work. Uh, this was the one section where I feel like that could ring true. I mean, it was just, it was bananas. You know, you're, you're up before the sunrise and then you're going to bed, uh, just before midnight sort of thing. It's really, really not, uh, it's not something I looked forward to from a life perspective, but I also knew that it was always going to be, um, a pretty neat experience, but one of the things that always helped me right in the beginning, you'd be set in that first race course and you got about like 10 or 11, 12 different races, all different sort of venues and stuff, big boats, small boats, whatever. And you're just thinking to yourself, Oh man, how am I going to get through this week? This is, uh, this is going to be tough. And again, even back then I'd project myself to that award ceremony on Friday night after everything is gone, all the chaos, all the signups, all the lunch orders, all this, that, the broken boats, the upset people, the mismatching, the scheduling, all this has gone on. You're going to be standing at that award ceremony. You're going to give away those last awards, then everybody's going to grab beers, and you're going to do a bunch of toasts. And then, well, we ended up doing big flip cup tournaments uh, with all, <laughs> it was pretty fun with all the pro racers and, uh, and a bunch of the guests. And uh, we'd party pretty hard that night. That'd be pretty fun. And so I'd project myself right to that. And I'd know that not only was it going to get there, we are going to make it to that point. I know it to be a fact. It will, will come around. Um, you know, the more, uh, the more in-depth that I got with that week, the harder I pushed, the more effort I put into it, the bigger the smile and the more welcoming the weight being lifted off my shoulders was going to be. And when you consider something in the framework, you can't help but want to then double down your efforts on whatever challenge you're facing. Because you know, you're like, wow, you know, I got this opportunity right now. We haven't started. We're just about to. It's going to be really hard. But I want to be the guy at the end of this week that is absolutely just standing there with a big smile because that person just threw down as hard as they could, and that's where I want to be. And, you know, there there might be to, to be able to project yourself there and really imagine it. You know, you're looking at yourself. And maybe there's a time in your life in the past where, you know, you did something where you're like, man, you know, I, I do remember killing it at that one. Uh, you know, I, I was a carny at the county fair and there was that one town and man, I just was alive with it. And boy, I made so much money at the ring toss. I sold that game to so many people. You remember all that? We had that huge audience that came up. I don't know why I'm using that. Well, no, I do. I'm using that as a... Uh, example because the the northern michigan fair is coming to town next week and uh, i am a little excited regardless you think about it and and there's going to be examples in your life where you have done that and you've succeeded and you've sat for a second <coughs> excuse me <coughs> and you've looked back and you're like holy cow man that was crazy i can't believe how much i had to work and i can't believe how good i feel it's absolutely amazing Draw on those. Imagine those. Think those. List them out. If you got like four or five of those, list them out and then think about them long and hard. What was it like to be finished with that challenge after doing such a great job? And you have those. And those are those are ammo for your gun of success. <laughs> Tony Robbins of me. 
Uh, it does. It really, you know, and I, I think part of part of why why this topic has come up. Not only is it the, um, is it not only is it the presentations, but you know we're coming to the tail end of the summer. We got one week left. It's been fourteen weeks of go go go, give it all we got, and uh, and I, you know, we we threw down, and there were tough times during the summer, and there were really good times, and uh, you know, it was. It was just like what we're talking about here with with projecting yourself, you know, there were definitely times where I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, what's it going to be? I, I I can't I can't wait to be at the end of that summer looking back and uh am I going to be happy with it or am I going to be like, "Boy, I could have done a whole lot more." And so you get that arsenal and and I think that is not only do you need those positive bullets of, yes, I remember when I did that one thing and it was really good. I remember when I wrote that paper and I put in all the extra time and holy cow, I got an A. You know, those sort of positive bullets, I think it's always worthy and, and definitely worthwhile to have the negative ones. You know, negativity and doing a bad job and uh, times where you failed are some of the best learning experiences that I think we all can have and in a world that wants to blanket everything in positive rainbows uh i think we're doing ourselves a major disservice by not peering into our mistakes and really trying to learn from them um you know glazing over comments and uh and things like that and saying oh you know that hurts my feelings you know i that's understandable for sure but at the same time, you know, sometimes uh, you got to know that it's not personal. There's a reason that uh, whatever some person doesn't uh, agree with how you did something. And you know what? Maybe it's time to just take a little self uh, self an analysis, maybe, and see if, if you actually uh, could improve. You know, if it's always great when people come up and say, oh, that talk was awesome. That was really fun. Thank you so much. Okay, that's uh, and I do really enjoy that. That gives me a little boost of energy to, to move forward with it. But it's when people come up and they're like, hey, you know, I didn't really understand this section of it, and I wanted to hear more about this. And then I sort of think to myself, okay, now I got something to work with here, okay? And I peel out the old outline, and I start sort of dissecting and, and working on that. And then the next one comes up, and I try it, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I've had that happen where I've tried to, tried to manipulate or change the, the talk to something else uh, on the notes of somebody who was in the audience. And the next week, it doesn't hit at all, so it was just like one random thing. But hey, you know, at least you're trying. You got to keep it fresh, right? Oh. Wow, this podcast, uh, this has been nice just staring. I'm staring out of this lake, and man, I mean, it is, there's a, uh, it's just beautiful. I really want to come down here with a video camera and just have like 10 minutes of this so that I can project myself back here on this day, on this morning. I get the day off today. Uh, oh, wait, should I wrap up this whole uh uh projection thing a little bit maybe get into some some life events because i actually have to go to the chiropractor well in any event i've always found that when you take on challenges whether it be at work whether it be in the world relationships um you know nothing nothing that's really worthwhile is ever going to be all that easy and if you're looking just for easy then you know 
get a Netflix subscription and just go watch television all the time and have fun. Great. Do it. This podcast is not for you. If you want to challenge yourself, find and see what this world is all about. Find your happiness. Feel the feeling of accomplishment. Know that, holy smokes, I can't believe I got to have that experience. It was really, really hard, but look at what it's like now. Grow as a person. Discover things about yourself. Find your limits, that sort of thing. Having tools to be able to make it through and break through those stupid little peaks and those stupid little valleys. The peaks of like, I'm totally done with this. The frustration's getting me and I'm so angry and I hate everything and I don't want to do it anymore. The valleys of like, oh man, I just, I don't, I don't have any more energy. I don't want to do this. I'm done. I quit. Uh I'm depressed. I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, why did I even do it in the first place? Well, those are just valleys and peaks. And the nice part about a peak and a valley is it started on a level playing field and then it went down or it went up and then it got to a peak and then it went right back to the level playing field. They are only moments in time. And if you have the arsenal to be able to fight against it, to battle against that, to get through that valley, to get over that peak, and then back to a level playing field, then that's all you need to do. That's that wind line. You got to find that wind line. You got to look for it. If you can't see it, imagine it. It's out there somewhere. I just put a post up on Instagram not too long ago. It's really interesting when I look at it now as I am trying to really come up with thoughtful uh, takeaways and things. I was in the doldrums. I was headed north. Day 235 on the voyage. A little squirrely. I got the thousand mile stare. It's not, it's not great, but it is great in some, some respects. The beard, it's looking really good. Pith helmet, totally bleached. But I'm headed north and I'm in there for like nine days and it's rough. Shredded a sail, almost broke the bowsprit. Tough, tough sailing. And no end in sight. But I knew I'm in the doldrums. It's a narrow band, light wind, no wind. I knew it was coming. And whenever I started getting down and losing it, I'm in this video. I'm like, what I'm doing now is I'm imagining there's a wind line. And there is. It's a fact. And it's just over that horizon somewhere. And all I got to do is make it to that wind line. And in that is, is essentially all I've been talking about <laughs> today or this morning. Is, is essentially imagining something that's not all that's that's not there physically um, that you can't see you can't touch it but it's a goal it's a line it's a point where all of a sudden the odds will now be in your favor you know I've never seen those hunger game movies always wanted to maybe I'm saving them for later uh, but it's right there and sometimes you got to play tricks on your own mind sometimes you got to know that your mind is playing tricks on you. But the goal in the end not only is to complete and accomplish whatever challenge you're, you're taking on, but remember, it's also about that experience of going through it. I mean, yeah, it was great to land in Gloucester after 271 days, but it was a heck of a lot better to sail around the world. How's that for a little food for thought? 
All right, that wraps up all that sort of stuff. Uh, we're getting up there in time. So, chiropractor, whoa, got to hit one up. I was seeing a person, so I had a pinched sciatic nerve, pain down the leg, pain in the back, barely be able to stand up, walking around like an old 89-year-old man, and uh, finally went to a chiropractor after about six visits, and I'm good to go all summer. But now we're getting into the end, and uh, yeah, it's starting to get a bit tight. Been uh, you know pulling up a lot of Hobie cats, lifting a lot of stuff, and I think it's just one of those things where... Yeah, I think every once in a while I'm just going to have to get adjusted, as they say. It's 53 bucks a pop. Uh, it takes about 15 minutes or so. Uh, but I'll tell you, in, in, in pain degrees um, and comfort and discomfort, holy cow, it is so well worth it. Um, man. I know, I know uh, some people have, have sort of different opinions on chiropractors, and I know I've heard Believe me, I've heard the stories. I've heard the nightmare stories, the paralyzed people, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, this guy definitely seems really, really good. And he's taking care of me so far. So I was just going to go in for a little adjustment. Uh, because chances are I'm going to have to take a motorcycle when I go on this little road trip to do these speaking gigs. Uh, so I might be motorcycling from Michigan down to Indiana, to Ohio, out to... Connecticut and then New York, New Jersey and all that sort of stuff in the fall. Uh, let's hope for a dry fall, people, please. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. I, I did one time ride this motorcycle all the way out to Maine for the summer and then ride it back. And that was pretty cool. You can only make it like I don't know, a few hundred miles, 300, 400 miles tops in a day. I do remember trying to outrun this storm uh, and I had gone through Canada and then I hit up the highway and it was like 1130 at night and I'm blasting down I-75, like 75, 78 miles an hour. It's dark. There's, there's lightning and stuff in the background. And I just remember thinking to myself, hey, stupid, let's just pull off and go get some sleep. What do you say, bud? <laughs> and I did. Uh, that, was, that was one of those times where, you know, you got to kind of almost realize, you know, this is probably not the safest thing and there are safer options. I think that's one one thing that, oh, I just saw a leaf blow by. That's it. It's fall. Summer's over, people. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful scene. We got a pinkish pinkish sky going to white. Upset little little lake. Lots of little wavelets. The, the rescue boats are bouncing around. Probably one of them's got a lot of water in it, I'll bet. Got to get the automatic bilge pump for that. Oh, wow. But yeah, thoughts of Sparrow, old Sparrow, she's out there, she's out there in Bellhaven. Oh man, I don't know when. I think I'm be able to get on the boat in October, crank that sucker open, see how uh, down below is looking, and my hope is to possibly get into the nitty gritty, do some fiberglass, uh, some fiberglass action, and uh, get those get those bulkhead stringers back in. They're not stringers, but uh, I forget what they call them. It's basically where the bulkhead is then fiberglassed into the hull. A lot of those cracked away. Get that dirty job all done because can you imagine, you know, just setting up in the living room of your house and grinding fiberglass and then just being like, okay, we're all good. Well, I'm going to have to tape off some plastic or something around around all those things, but get that all done and then uh, hopefully continue on, make some more money, 
and get out there uh, and do some more sailing. Uh, it might be just a Caribbean Caribbean adventure this year. I don't really know, but we will see. And uh, I'm letting the future just sort of come to me at this point because I'm in that realm right now. If we're on the cusp of finishing this summer. I'm feeling pretty good. We worked really, really hard. I'm exhausted, definitely. I need a break. I'm going to go canoeing five days, five nights up in the old wilderness of the UP. I'm looking forward to that like none other. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think kind of the nice part is that one's definitely feeling pretty earned, uh, after this summer. So take that for what you will. Hopefully it's not too much of a pontificating podcast. I never want to seem like one of those people. that's just like, you know what you need to do? Shout out Sven. Uh, Sven always had this great, I mean, Sven is, Sven is an oracle of types. Uh, he's an amazing person when it comes down to, uh, his creativity, his ideas, his enthusiasm for his ideas uh, is really quite, quite uh, amazing. And uh, I tip my hat to the old bro. But at the same time, uh, sometimes, and, and Sven's catchphrase a, a lot of times back in the day was, you know what you need to do? <laughs> because uh, sometimes Sven knows what, what you need to do better than you know what you need to do or at least he claims that uh but i don't ever want to be uh i i i'm only trying to share experience and helpful things that might help uh when you take on big ugly nasty challenges in life and uh some of the tools that helped me get through some of the biggest nastiest challenges of my life so take it for what you will and uh, other than that, enjoy enjoy the tail end of August. Make it count. It's the last bit of the summer, and we'll go from there. But uh, one more week left, and then we're back on to the old, the old schedule. I do want to say, and I, I know I, I hate to even do this, but I've got a couple pretty, pretty interesting potential podcasts. I'm going to say potential because I know sometimes it just doesn't happen. But I'm going to sit down with the doctor and we're going to talk about maladies that can befall you out of the ocean and whether or not you can actually do anything to uh, help yourself if you're, say, a thousand miles from shore and your appendix explodes. So we're going to go through some examples of that. I'm hoping to sit down with my lovely dermatologist and talk about skin, sun, ocean, and uh, exposure. And other than that, who knows what else we'll get while we're up here in Michigan, but Ah, I'm looking forward to it. Big seagull just flew by. Now it feels like summer again. How funny. Hmm. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of the summer, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you all so much for the support. Patreon family, Ah, you are great. And uh, other than that, until next time.